Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. Liz Cheney represented the great state of Wyoming from 2017 through 2023 in the United States Congress. You'll recall that she was chair of the House Republican Conference. That means the third ranking position in GOP leadership. She was also, of course, vice chair of the January 6th Commission and now is author of a brand new book. It's called Oath and Honor, a Memoir and a Warning. Congresswoman, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Michael. Great to be on with you. One question about today's headlines that relate to your book, and then we'll get to the book itself. Jack Smith yesterday asked the Supreme Court to hear the D.C. election interference case, the timeline aspect of it, and to skip normal appellate procedures. You're coming into the program today on a day that we've had extensive conversation as to whether that plays right into Donald Trump's hands insofar as he gets to argue, effective politically, I would add, that this is all a political process. Have you thought about that and and what thoughts might you have? No, I don't I don't agree with that. I think that what what this shows is that the uh, special counsel, Jack Smith, is um, not going to allow Donald Trump to 
to use tactics of delay um, and that he's gone straight to the Supreme Court to ask them uh, to, to rule quickly on this issue of immunity. Uh, Donald Trump's assertions that somehow uh, presidents of the United States are completely immune from criminal prosecution for, you know, any crimes that they may have committed while they were in office, you know, is is clearly a, a, an indefensible position. I think that it's not even a, a close call. Um, and so I, I think I think Jack Smith's decision um, to, to go directly to the Supreme Court uh, is is the right one. But isn't he supposed to have blinders on relative to the looming election, much like the DOJ says, as we get close to elections, don't let politics impact your decision making? In this case, I mean, if Trump weren't running, if Trump had done all the things that Trump has done, but we're now playing golf in Bedminster and Mar-a-Lago and not running again for the job, I don't think Jack Smith would be rushing to the Supreme Court. I think he'd let it take its normal process. You know, I don't think that that that's necessarily true. Uh, And I I think that, um, you know, the the question about whether or not um, a former president, uh, you know, can be should be prosecuted for crimes, including those connected to attempting to overturn an election. That's a question that's of of significant import to the country, uh, you know, whether or not Donald Trump were running again. And I think that what we've seen is Jack Smith has been. Um, methodical. He's been careful, uh, but the, the 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 one in this instance who's operating with a very clearly political objective and set of goals is obviously Donald Trump. I mean, I think he's he's looking at um, a number of these criminal cases and recognizes that um, you know his determination potentially his election as president is is the only thing that he's got that that in fact could save him ultimately. Um, you know, in a case in which, for example, he were convicted and he needed to, to pardon himself potentially. So I, I, I disagree that this is political. I don't think that we've seen um, anything, frankly, political from Jack Smith. I think what we've seen that is political and that's really damaging is um, on the other side of this, Republicans, members of, you know, the the House of Representatives, people with whom I used to serve, um, suggesting somehow that the Justice Department is corrupt or that the system uh, is one that is weaponized. I think that is those are really damaging claims. Um, and and I think that um, the special counsel is absolutely right to, you know, to put on blinders, to proceed with with haste and not to let Donald Trump attempt to delay this. There's a photograph in your book of you, a young you, with President Ford at Camp David. And it reminds me, in the early 80s, I think it was the fall of 82, but I'm not sure. I was a junior in college. I went to Washington to American. They had the uh, the Washington semester. I think they still do. I had hair. I had a thin waist. I was a yaffer <laughs> back in those days, young Americans oh, for freedom. Yes. Yep. And uh, you were probably a yaffer as well, except you hung with it and I got off the train. <laughs> but what I remember is that one day class, class was in the uh, uh, was in one of the house office buildings of a young member of Congress. We would all sit on the floor and my assigned seat was next to his feet, which had these very unique cowboy boots. And I took away two things from this encounter. Damn, this guy was Gerald Ford's chief of staff when he was 34, 34 or 35. And wow, where did he get those cowboy boots? And you, of course, know 
who was regaling us with his uh, with his stories of his young career at that stage. And it was your dad. It was really an incredible yeah. experience. Well, I know um, he when he was in, in the house, I know having the chance to talk to young people was something that was really important to him. And, um, uh, you know, at the time, I, I as much as I could, would go with him and, and listen to him answer questions, listen to him talk about 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 America, about politics, about the issues of the day, and um, and certainly, you know, learned invaluable lessons just from being his daughter, and also having the chance to to tag along with him to a number of events like that. I can't say I was can't say I was at that one, Michael, but it was <laughs> at many like that certainly. I'm not sure who comes out worse in the book, uh, Oath and Honor, Kevin McCarthy or Mike Johnson, and of course. You had to have put this book to bed without knowing that Johnson would end up being Speaker of the House, right? This is Book Club with Michael Smirconish from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM, Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. I'm not sure who comes out worse in the book, uh, Oath and Honor, Kevin McCarthy or Mike Johnson. And of course, you had to have put this book to bed without knowing that Johnson would end up being Speaker of the House, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I um, was just very, I, the, the book was finished at the beginning of September. So um, he, you know, there was no one was even contemplating at that point that he was going to be the next speaker. But I, I was so troubled by the role that he played which was very destructive. And it was the combination of um, the deceptiveness, uh, the extent to which he was portraying things to our colleagues that weren't true, uh, using um, his uh, law license to do so, uh, and uh, you know, convincing people to take actions that they shouldn't take that, that he knew were wrong. Uh, and when I would confront him, he would often concede the legal points or the constitutional points, but then the next thing I knew, I would turn around and he would be once again um, out, you know, making uh, making those same baseless claims. It was a very destructive force. And an observation that I've often made here on radio, you make it on page 74, quote, and as other members pointed out, there was an additional flaw in Mike's argument. Why was he objecting only to electors from states that Biden had won? Voting rules in other states, such as Texas and North Carolina, had also been changed because of COVID, to which I would amplify and say these same individuals never questioned the propriety of their own election, but rather only that which was at the top of the ticket. Those are such important points. Um, you know, uh, on, on your that latter point, Chip Roy, um, who's somebody who certainly supported Donald Trump, um, was was so focused on making sure that members were on the record on January 3rd, 2021, voting to seat themselves because he, he understood that the objections were unconstitutional and he wanted them on the record rather than just a voice vote on the record saying, no, the election was fine with respect to my seat. Um, but then, of course, um, there were Republican members as well who stood up in our conference meeting on January 5th and ask the the other question you're raising, which is, well, if you're so confident that there were constitutional infirmities in states that changed their rules because of COVID, you know, why is it that you're only challenging those infirmities in states that that Biden won? Because they certainly happened. I mean, you know, um, uh, Virginia Fox, for example, from North Carolina was one of the members who who asked that that very question uh, because the rules were changed in her state and others. And, you know, it's an obvious point. If this is a purely legal constitutional argument, then there's no explanation for why you would only choose states that uh, that Trump had lost. So in the book, and by the way, this is Liz Cheney, obviously, and the book is called Oath and Honor. You name the names like you lay the whole thing out. It's a very compelling record, although you let somebody off the hook, like in the prologue. There's a Republican that you quote as saying surviving is all that matters, Liz. And for whatever reason, you didn't name that individual, which I found curious. But here's what I wanted to ask you. Who was a profile in courage? Give me a name of somebody that you thought might likely just fall into the talking points 
but didn't and stood up and was able to be counted on? Who's at the top of that list? I think that the other Republicans who voted to impeach Donald Trump would certainly be at the top of that list. Um, but but I also think if you look at the Republicans who testified in front of the select committee, if you look at Republicans who were in the most senior positions of the Trump administration, who said very clearly to Donald Trump, you did not win this election, specifically the claims that you're making are untrue. He went ahead and made them anyway. Um, and then those the people who are willing to come in front of the committee. Other profiles encourage are people like Rusty Bowers. Uh, the Speaker of the House, the Arizona State Legislature, who voted for Donald Trump, wanted Donald Trump to win, lifelong Republican. Um, but when he started getting calls from Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump himself saying, listen, you got to do things that uh, violate your oath. You got to bring the legislature back into session. You got to flip votes, um, you know, to Trump from Biden. He, he refused to do it. And he refused to do it in part because of his faith. Um, because of his patriotism. So I think those the people like that are, are real profiles and courage here. When you lost your gig, your leadership gig, it was uh, page 182 by voice vote. Does that mean like all in favor say aye, aye? Yeah. Well, what if exactly. what if each of their what you don't wave at me, TC? This is an important question. I can't be rushed at it. What if no, it no, had I'm been good. okay? What if it had been a, vo- a vote of accountability? What if I could read in the newspaper how each one of the Republicans voted relative to Liz Cheney? Could that have altered the outcome? Um, I mean, maybe. Uh, I, I think you know it's interesting. I, I I think of it a different way. I think if the impeachment vote had been um, uh, you know, a, a secret ballot. Um, like the first votes to oust me was where, you know, I got something like 145 votes to stay in office. I think if that impeachment vote had been a secret ballot, it would have been overwhelmingly in favor of impeachment. Um, but of course, that's not that's not how the system works. And it's a sad thing with respect to uh, to where we are today in our politics that that that's what's happened. So the the biggest question that I want to ask of of Liz Cheney is this. I I read the book. It's a compelling record about everything that took place preceding on and after January 6th. As I'm finishing the book, the Des Moines Register comes out with the brand new Iowa numbers. CNN comes out with the Georgia and the uh, Michigan numbers. Like half the country is just not accepting the subtitle of the book, which which is a memoir and a warning. Why are they not getting the warning? Well, I think, you know, first of all, the, the warning really only has to resonate um, with enough people, particularly independent voters. You know, you see a lot of these polls that have come out recently. They're, you know, Republican primary voters or Republican caucus goers in the case of Iowa. Um, and and I think that's sad about where the Republican Party is. But the the real task that I see in front of us is, to help ensure that independent voters don't look at the choices that are out there and think, you know what, Donald Trump's an acceptable choice. Uh, people really need to understand the danger that he poses. And and the things that he would do in a second term, um, the extent to which, you know, uh, people say, well, the Congress can stop the president if the president's trying to do something unconstitutional. But there's nothing in the behavior of the current Republican majority of the House 
Republicans in the Senate that would lead you to believe they're going to stop him. Um, and Trump has already demonstrated that he's not going to obey the rulings of the courts. And and if a president doesn't obey the rulings of our courts, our system unravels almost immediately. And it's a it's a very sort of grave thing that I really think independents, moderates who might be thinking maybe Trump's not so bad. This warning is especially for them. You know, we've we've already seen what this man will do. We cannot risk putting him back in, in power again. Congresswoman, a final question. Thank you for being gracious with your time. This is just a curiosity yeah, to me. You. And it, it got passing reference in the book. You remind us that January 6th was also an anniversary for the taking out of the Iranian Quds Force commander Soleimani. And something I've always wondered, why wasn't the Capitol on heightened alert for that reason alone? Or was it and it just wasn't enough? Well, I think that, um, you know, when you go back and you look at the security plans that were made for the sixth, obviously they were not sufficient in any number of ways. Um, But I think what's really important for people to understand is that at the end of the day, what caused the violence was the fact that Donald Trump, you know, was at the mall. Donald Trump had for days and weeks been telling people that their country was being stolen from them. And, and he knew the, the mob was armed. Um, and obviously, we know planning had been underway before for the attack. And Donald Trump basically un- unleashed that mob on the Capitol and then refused to tell them to leave. And and so, you know, the people who knew precisely what was coming uh, are Donald Trump and, and those around him who knew what he intended to do. And so one question people don't ask enough, in my view, is, you know, if you look at the members of the House of Representatives that were meeting with Trump as he was planning January 6th, people like Jim Jordan, you know, why didn't Jim Jordan go to the Capitol Police? Why didn't Jim Jordan say to the Capitol Police, hey, look, you know what? There's really a potential for violence here. Why didn't the people in the White House cancel the rally on the ellipse? Why didn't Donald Trump say, listen, I'm getting these reports that there's going to be violence and that the crowd is armed? I'm not going to tell them to go to the Capitol. I'm going to cancel my speech. I mean, all of those are the things that that should have happened. But instead, of course, he told the mob to march on the Capitol. There's much more to it. I've just scratched the surface. You tell the whole story. The book is called Oath and Honor, a Memoir and a Warning. Liz Cheney, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Yes, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it and appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. 
I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.